This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law, who is joining us via Skype. Hello, Professor Gershon. How are you today? Great, Liz. Good morning. And it's uh, great to have Officer Stewart on today. You know, we talk about law a lot of times from the attorney point of view, but attorneys and law enforcement uh, work very closely together on the criminal side. Both uh, prosecutors and, and defense attorneys work very closely with law enforcement. So great to have him on and we appreciate his service. That's right. And we would like to welcome Officer Kervin Stewart. He's been with the Mississippi Highway, uh, Mississippi Highway Patrol Trooper for over 10 years. And I saw that you were selected as a Trooper of the Year one time. Welcome, Officer Stewart. Well, thank you. Uh, and uh, I saw a, a picture of your car. Did you Do you get a little designation on the car when you're uh, Officer of the Year? No, we do not. Do <laughs> not with the Mississippi Highway Patrol, no ma'am. All right. Well, we're so glad that you're here. We're going to go through some of the uh, information from the highway that we know about the highway patrol. When I was you know, doing research for this, I was so impressed that um, the, the mission, the highway patrol mission, and talking about talking about um, the, the mission of the Mississippi Highway Safety Patrol is to be a service-oriented organization dedicated to providing for the safety of the public on Mississippi highways and to keep Mississippi citizens free from the fear of lawlessness. I know a lot of drivers think, oh, you're just here to, to ruin our fun, but uh, the citizens free from the fear of lawlessness. How does that statement settle with you? Well, uh, it's pretty much self-explanatory. You know, that's what we do. We want to keep the highway safe, keep people safe in their travels as they uh, traverse across the great state of Mississippi. That's right. Well, we're so glad that that you're here. Another piece of information that I found that fascinating was that upon request, MHSP will assist those counties and municipalities with limited resources and expertise in resolving crimes and other law enforcement related issues to their jurisdictions. Can you give us some examples of how uh, Mississippi Highway State Patrol helps out other cities and counties? Well, uh, as far as cities and counties, what we would do, especially like you just stated about their limited resources, when there's a, an investigation that requires more than what they have, they will request assets from us, whether it be MBI or SWAT, to help them with the situations they may have. Um, recently, I guess in the last several years, we've had prison riots where we used our special operations group, which is known as a SOG team. Unfortunately, we've had incidents in the last several weeks where we've had hostage situations where the uh, SWAT team was called in and had to uh, defuse the situation. Wow. I, I am sure that that is a 
welcome resource to maybe a small rural county that has a limited uh, force on their own to know that they can call on the statewide resources? That, yes, it is. Because there are, like you just stated, there are places like some of our larger cities, such as Jackson, are on the coast with uh, Gulfport, Biloxi, and Hattiesburg in the uh, central part of the state that have these resources. And then there are more rural places that don't have these resources, and that's what we're here for. All right. Well, if you have a question about the Mississippi Highway Patrol, we would love for you to give us a call. If you have a question for Officer Stewart, our number is one 877 MPB ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. Before we start getting into some of the distracted driving and impaired driving and seat belts, which are some fabulous safety rules, I had some Unique questions that uh, pe- people, when I've, I've talked about, things you've always wondered and wanted to ask a highway patrol officer. All right. Watching one of those rerun episodes of Everybody Loves Raymond, and the wife was sitting in a car. She'd been at a party and had uh, too much to drink, and she wanted to go in the car and because they, they weren't finished par- partying. And they went. she went and sat in the driver's side of the car and had uh, the, the, the key on listening to some music, but it was parked, and a police officer rapped on the car and said, uh, ma'am, I have to take you in for uh, 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 in, in distra- impaired driving. Is that something, uh, can you be impaired driving if you're just sitting in a car, or does it have to be moving? Yes, you can. Um, actually, what that shows with her, I mean, of course, that's a television show. Right. But in reality, sitting in the driver's seat with the key in, means you have control of that vehicle. Mm-hmm. She stated she was sitting there listening to the radio. I mean, as an officer, we've probably heard that many times. <laughs> I've been sitting here listening to the radio. I don't know what happened prior to that. All I know right. is you're in charge of this vehicle. You're in control of this vehicle. And it is, if it is proven that you are under the influence, you're going to be charged with driving under the influence, operating a motor vehicle under the influence. All right. So get in the back seat, sit in the passenger seat, something so that you're not... Not in the driver's okay. seat. All right. Here's another real-world situation. Someone I know was driving down a two-lane highway. There was a car pulled over on the side of the road, and an officer's car was there also. Uh, then the someone, uh, they noticed there was a large truck coming in the opposite direction, a tractor trailer, and it happened that they met all together, all lined up. And then the someone, the officer tracked them down and gave them a $250 ticket for not pulling over. Can you, and not giving uh, enough space for the cars that were on the side of the road. Can you tell us a little bit about that situation? Well, uh, actually, being that I wasn't there, what I can say is Mississippi has a move over law. Mm -hmm. And what that law states is on a two-lane road or four-lane road, but uh, on a two-lane road, you are to slow down to 10 miles below the posted speed limit and pass safely. On a two or really a three lane or more highway, you are, if you are able to, is to move away, a lane away from that 
emergency vehicle, whether it be the police, ambulance, or any any uh, emergency equipment on the shoulder of the roadway. That way you can safely get by. If you cannot move over for whatever reason, where there's other traffic, then you are also to slow down to 10 miles below the posted speed limit and pass safely. All right. Yeah. Officer Stewart, I, I have a question. I, um, it's, it seems to me that the officers there have to learn a lot about the law, just like our law students do, including Constitution and things like that. How often are you trained on these new laws? How often are you trained on constitutional rights, things that you all have to know as well? Well, as far as state laws, of course, there, a lot of them are updated yearly. So uh, we are reminded and brought to our attention during our district meetings once a session has ended on laws that have been passed prior to the uh, beginning of the uh, fiscal year. As far as constitutional law, that varies. All right. And one thing that kind of goes along with that, when doing some research for this uh, program and from a previous legal terms, we've learned that Mississippi has inconsistent liquor laws and open container laws. You know, different counties, uh, different municipalities. Do the troopers, when they learn about the laws, uh, do they, are they stationed in a particular county in a particular area so that they learn what's particular about that area? Yes, ma'am. Um, when we uh, when we receive our assignment from a patrol school, of course, we're going to be designated to a county or counties, mm-hmm. and it is on us, and it's also on our training officers to advise us of these. There, are, like you just stated, there are some counties that are dry counties, so you know we, being we're state troopers, we still have to. Um, enforce the laws also of that county if we have to do those. Right. Okay. And uh, one more... I don't, this 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 is absolutely silly. Um, you can you can Google f- silliest laws in each state. And uh, Professor Gershon, this one may go to you. Uh, true or not true in Mississippi? In Oxford, it's illegal to honk your horn because it might scare nearby horses. I found that on two websites, but then I also found horses are not to be housed within fifty feet of any road. Well, those, those are still laws on the book. You know, they're not uh, particularly enforced, but, uh, you know, those are kind of things that you see pretty much in every jurisdiction where uh, nobody bothers to change them, even though they're very much outdated. It's illegal to hunt whales in Oklahoma, for example. <laughs> and, and I was going to say the same thing. You know, uh, like Professor stated, you know, that law was probably enacted many, many years ago when there were not many vehicles on the roadway, and probably horses were your primary source. Transportation. Well, and if you go to any of these uh, fantastic parades we have in downtown Jackson, a lot of times you see mounted police officers, and I'm sure they would appreciate it if folks didn't honk and disturb their horses. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, we, if you have a question concerning the laws of our highways, we're going to get into distracted driving and impaired driving in our next segment. We'd love for you to give us a call. Our number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send us an email. Our address is legal terms at mpbonline.org. How safely do Mississippi drivers compare to the rest of the country? We'll tell you when we come back. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.
You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. We realize not everyone has a chance to listen to our whole show live. So if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash In Legal Terms this afternoon. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Now, this is from uh, near the near Oxford, uh, Professor Gershon. According to an article in the Daily Journal last year, 685 people died in car crashes here in Mississippi, giving the state a traffic fatality rate of 22.9 deaths for every 100 residents, the highest in the country, according to data from the Itasca, Illinois-based National Safety Council. It was the fourth straight year, Mississippi led the nation in traffic fatalities, something the state has done all but three years since 1999, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That's that's another sad statistic to be number one in in per capita car crashes. Yes, ma'am. That's 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 a sad one. All right. Well, we do have some calls to go to. Let's first go uh, to Mr. Smith in Mississippi. Uh, thanks for calling to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Mr. Smith, we're glad to welcome you to In Legal Terms. Go ahead with your question or comment. All right. Well, we'll uh, we're going to continue with our show. We are talking with Professor. Uh, I'm sorry, with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, and Officer Curvin Stewart with the Mississippi Highway Patrol. Um, when driving in Mississippi, uh, we do expect to be free from the fear of lawlessness and specifically from the fear of meeting an impaired driver on the road. Uh, so right now in 2019, what's the blood alcohol limit in Mississippi? The um, limit is .08, and that is for those over the 21 and older. Okay. Uh, under 21 is .0. And really, Mississippi has a zero tolerance for uh, minors that uh, are driving under the influence. Right. They shouldn't have anything. That's right. (laughs) And uh, as far as commercial motor vehicles, it's .04. That's that's excellent to know. When when was that level set? I guess I remember for a long time everywhere it was .10. I cannot tell you exactly when it was set. I've been on the highway patrol since 2006, and I guess... For federal reasons, a lot of states went to the .08 because that's where they were getting their money from. So it's been like that for several years. Okay. Do you, or Professor Gershon, do you know how they set that level at uh, at uh, .08 or .04 for commercial driving? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. But I think the because commercial drivers obviously have uh, even greater risk, uh, they wanted to set it at a, at a really low number uh, relative to, uh, you know, impairment. And so I think they probably got doctors involved and, and uh, you know, scientists to determine that that level would still be a safe enough level below that to, to drive. 
Officer Stewart, what are some ways that a driver could be impaired besides alcohol? Well, besides alcohol, you can be impaired by prescription medication, which, of course, we've all been, well, I can't say we all, but when you get to prescription medication, there are labels that are put on the side of it that will tell you, you know, do not operate heavy equipment or maybe not uh, drive while taking this medication or do not mix with alcohol and take this medication because it will impair your ability to operate a motor vehicle or heavy equipment. All right. Let's go to our phone lines. We've got Mr. Smith who's calling in. Mr. Smith, thanks for being a part of In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Hello. Good morning. I've got something I've been wondering about. Do the highway patrol get trained? When people get old, like 59 or 60 and overweight, they can't do all them DUI tests that they could do when you're 21, like stand on one foot and do all kind of walk a straight line. There ain't no way I could do none of that. That is out of getting got old and I'm 100 pounds overweight. Do y'all know that people can't do that when you get old? Yes, sir, we do. We take that into consideration because, like you just stated, you know, as we uh, get older, our abilities uh, kind of diminish a little bit. And we take into also consideration any physical impairments you may have when we uh, attempt to do a field sobriety test. So if you are at a certain age or you have other physical impairments, we know it's probably not going to be probable that you'll be able to uh, complete these tests. And Officer Stewart, with 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 Skype, with uh, not Skype, but with Lyft and with Uber uh, these days, it seems like there's no excuse for someone to even be drinking and driving any amount because there's so many ways to get around and not uh, and not have to drive. So, I mean, I think maybe the best way to avoid those field sobriety tests is not to be driving. Well, if you're going to drink, you, like you just stated, you need to find another way to get around without you having to drive but i mean this is nothing new people have been drinking and driving for years and until they get caught they're going to continue to do so well we we are not in favor of that um you know we would hope that individual individuals would have care enough for themselves and their fellow drivers to not drive impaired how does a trooper determine oh that looks like a driver who's probably impaired what are some signs? Well, um, in order for us to stop, we're, we're going to have to have probable cause. I just yes. can't stop you because I think you may have been drinking and driving. I have to have a reason to stop you. Or if you're at a driver's license checkpoint and it appears that you may be under the influence, and I'm going to question you about that also. But as far as just operating a motor vehicle, there have to be clues. You know, I have to have probable cause to stop you for what I believe may be driving under the influence. I just can't stop you. And if I see your actions, whether you're swerving in the roadway or your speed is fluctuating, or I can see you drinking with a alcohol, well, I can see an, an obvious alcoholic beverage in your hand while you're driving, and I can stop you for that. But like you're saying about that, I mean, even in distracted terms, you know, people are on their phones and they have other things in their vehicle that distract them when they're driving. But I mean, just for me to stop you and say, I think you've been drinking, I can't do that, but I have to have probable cause. All right. And what are some deterrents, and by that I mean uh, punishments, for impaired driving? Well, one, they're fine. But most importantly, no one wants to go to jail. No one. But if I stop you for, if we stop you for driving under influence, you know, we're going to take you to the facility, whether it be the police department or the sheriff department, and we'll give you the opportunity to take the test. If you take the test or not, that's totally up to you. But... If I have you there for that reason, that's why I've charged you, and we'll go forward from there. But no one wants to be in jail. No one wants a vehicle towed. No one wants to end up in the paper. They don't want to end up in the news. They don't want to lose their job and all the other uh, negative stigma that comes along with that. 
a lot of a lot of negative that comes with that. This morning we're talking about driver safety with Officer Kervin Stewart from the Mississippi Highway Patrol. We'd love for you to be a part of our show. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one. 877-672-7464 or you could send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. You know, we've talked about, we mentioned distracted driving. That would seem to be a category where the driver probably didn't intend to cause harm. Um, you know, if you're drinking, you know you were drinking usually. And But with distracted driving, maybe you were overconfident in your ability to multitask. Can What are some examples of distracted driving? Well, uh, it seems to be the number one is, is that phone of ours, you know, that texting or receiving messages or emails or anything we do with that phone while we're driving is a distraction. And statistics have shown, you know, that over a certain period, you know, if you're driving, you're driving at a certain speed, you're going to cover X amount of distance and not even realize it. I believe the best thing that was probably invented on these roadways were rumble strips because everybody everybody hits those rumble strips, whether you're, I mean, whether you're adjusting your radio or whatever the case may be, your attention is diverted. It doesn't matter if it's one or two seconds or five or 10 seconds, your attention is diverted. And then when you hit those rumble strips, you regain focus. But I mean, as far as distractions, you have your phone, you have passengers, especially with new drivers, because they're not, they're learning as as we all had to do, but when you have passengers, they're very distracting because you're not focused on your drivers. You're more focused on what's going on inside your vehicle. Um, also, the things that we have in our car, you know, we have radios, we have satellite radio, you have navigation systems, you have a lot of things that are going to divert your attention away from your driving. So the number one thing is try to focus on your driving. Do focus on your driving. And remember, you're not the only motorist out there. The idea of having a DVD player that you could view from the driver's seat, that seems worse than the uh, drive through daiquiri stations that I've seen. <laughs> well, yes, ma'am. I have seen drivers on the roadway. And a lot of times it actually happens when I'm off because when I'm working, I'll just deal with them then and just cite them for their careless actions. But I've seen people with their iPads in front of them driving down the roadway. And, of course, I'm off, so there's really nothing I can do is just stay away from them. But uh, if I do see them while I'm working, I address it and I uh, cite them for their actions. But you would think people would be smarter than that, and they're just not. They're just more focused on, on what's going on in their world instead of what's going on around them. Okay. Well, we've got some callers we'd like to get to. Ala- uh, Becky from Alabama. Thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead, please. Well, I just want to make a comment because I've been rear-ended three times with people on their cell phones. But I also am aware of <clears throat> people smoking marijuana or doing other on, on prescription drugs. And there's so many things that we need to be aware of. When you watch television, look at the advertisements that are pushing cell phones and prescription drugs. And I'm just concerned about what's going on in our culture, culture, 
and I think we need to address this, and I want to thank you for talking about this today. I'm going to hang up and listen. All right, Becky. Well, we're glad that you called in, and we invite anyone else who wants to be a part of our show to also call in. Our number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're talking with Officer Kervin Stewart from the Mississippi Highway Patrol. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking about distracted driving. We'll talk about the safety of our children with school buses and seat belts. And uh, but here's something to think about. We've talked about how Mississippi leads the nation in traffic fatalities. We'll give you some reasons that that might be true when we come back. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert. He's joining us via Skype from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill, and this morning we're talking about safety laws with our guest, Mississippi Highway Patrol Officer Kervin Stewart. We talked about how Mississippi uh, leads the nation in traffic fatalities. Some of the reasons might be that the hospitals in rural areas tend to be smaller and farther from crash sites. Rural roads usually have higher speed limits than city limits, which makes crashes more severe. Uh, City speed limits rarely go over uh, 45 miles per hour, but outside of the city, they can go as high as uh, 70 miles an hour uh, in Mississippi. Has that been your experience? Can you think of other things that uh, lend to why Mississippi leads the nation in these fatalities per capita? Per capita, um like stated, we have a lot of roadways that, um, you know, like stated, speed limit 65, 55, or 65, or 70. And we have a lot of drivers that don't wear their seat belts. Seat belts. And also, like you stated, you know, as far as accessibility to medical care, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a rural area, we have pretty, we've shifted a lot to lifelike. We're flying a lot more people out nowadays because of their injuries, and some of our local hospitals just aren't at that trauma level. So we have a lot of people, at least in the Jackson area where I work at, that end up having to fly to UMC for, from wherever they have their uh, incidents at, whether it be on 49 South in Simpson County or 61 in Warren County or even down in Kapai County on 55. But a lot of people, unfortunately, are being flown to the hospital 
to a certain hospital because these other hospitals just can't take care of these people. Well, and we were on vacation in New Mexico in November, and there are no trees along the side of the road there, whereas Mississippi uh, has our wonderful pine belt and lots of trees that make it a lovely green area, but those trees don't give if your car hits it. They do not, and for a lot of us who travel 49 south between Jackson and Hattiesburg, you've noticed, you've probably noticed that a lot of trees are gone now, and I think that's been mandated at a federal level as far as getting those trees off the out of the, the medians and off the, farther off the roadways. Even in Kapai County, where on 55, the trees were a lot close to the road. They've cleared those out in those areas, so that helps everyone else out as far as leaving the roadway and hitting a tree. It's hard to hit a tree if they're 50 feet off the roadway. All right. Well, we're so glad that we have um, Mississippi Highway Patrol Officer Curvin Stewart. We've got uh, full lines, so let's go ahead and go to Alan, who's calling from Bahalia. Thanks for giving us a call to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, I have a curiosity question. I, I, I moved here from California, and there's a funny law in California that nobody knows about, and maybe one of those Mississippi laws also, that if conditions are not perfect, the legal limit is not .08. The legal limit can become zero. So uh, you know, if you're driving in a snowstorm or something and there's an accident, even though you're maybe at .03, you're still charged. Is that a law that Mississippi has? I couldn't answer that question for you, uh, Professor. I will. I'll weigh in. I think you know when we talk about negligence, you know we talk about using reasonable care as lawyers, and reasonable care would include, you know, th- considering conditions. And the, if conditions are bad, then you need to be even more alert, not less alert. So, you know, certainly that could weigh into someone being responsible for causing an accident. Because when you're charged in Mississippi, do you get charged? I mean, do you get charged? one way of being over the legal limit and then the other then you get charged on the other side which is being under the influence which is kind of an open book open book you know up to interpretation uh, that, right that well the same way well, it's the same thing, you know, to me, it's the same thing, you know, when, one reason we have seatbelt laws is, is, you know, really goes to our our tort laws in some ways, because in the old days, uh, you know, accident, when somebody had an accident, they weren't wearing their seatbelt, they would, you know, go flying through the windshield and their injuries were much greater. And even if the accident technically wasn't their fault, they would sue the other driver uh, and, and you know, the driver would have to pay for their damages. Now, if they're not wearing their seatbelt, they also are ne- uh, negligent, and they're, they're responsible for the enhanced injuries they have because they're not wearing their seatbelt. You know, seatbelt laws are a good law for that reason. So, you know, we expect drivers to use reasonable care. Uh, you know, when somebody is uh, <laughs> out on the road and the weather's bad, you know, they, they shouldn't be thinking, wow, you know, I still got uh, – you know, some more drinks I can take in uh, to be below the legal limit. I mean, they ought to be using extra caution. Thanks, Alan, for giving us the heads up that when we're traveling in other states, we may not know what their laws are, and we need to be extra careful. We're going to go next to Larry, who's calling from Jackson. Larry, thanks for calling into In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I'd like to know if we have a law in the state uh, which is which is a distraction to me, but respect to these aftermarket headlamps that people are putting in their automobiles and headlights, they're so bright when I'm driving, 
I can't see where I'm going. It's, it's a huge, serious distraction. I mean, how safe is, is, a, is a blinded driver? Do we have laws on that? And if not, I wonder if the Mississippi Highway Patrol can put forth the effort on behalf of citizens of their state for public safety to get such laws passed and have them enforced. Larry, you're talking about um, a bar on the roof of the car or just extra bright headlights? Extra, extra bright headlights. That's the roof bars as well. As far as the uh, extra bright headlights, uh, nowadays a lot of manufacturers are going to these projection bulbs, which are just brighter anyway. But as far as aftermarket, people are putting them in their vehicles. And as long as they're within the uh, laws, there's really not much we can do. As far as the aftermarket light bars, those are only for off-road use. Unfortunately, a lot of people uh, will use them and uh, they shouldn't use them on the roadways, and they'll be cited for using them on the roadway. But those are those are off-road use only lights. All right. Thank you for uh, speaking about that, Larry. I had a friend who uh, talking about lights for driving. She had got she was eighteen, and she had gotten her boyfriend these lights that screw on the. Uh, inflation on your tires and it made they were blue and red and so that when you drove it spun and I understand that you can't have bluer blue lights on your car unless you're uh, a police car that's absolutely correct the only lights you can display on your vehicle on the front are white or amber and as far as on the side they're either amber just amber and on the rear just amber or red the only uh and that's just your brake lights and tail lights as far as any other lighting especially blue or red that it's against the law in the state of mississippi unless you're an emergency vehicle. well i was driving up on i-55 yes to sunday and there was a construction crew and he had uh green hazard lights it was it was part of a construction site on i-55 and this pickup truck had green hazard lights flashing. Well, I'll have to check on that. I may be incorrect as far as the color, but I know red and blue are for emergency vehicles only. Even if it's cute, folks, that don't, don't, just because they sell it doesn't mean it's legal in Mississippi, right? Yeah, you can't operate them on the highway. Now, if you're parked, like say you're at a a show or something like that, you can have them, but as far as operating a motor vehicle on the state roads, cannot do it. All right. Officer Stewart, I have a quick question. I have teenage daughters, and my wife and I have talked to them about, you know, sometimes you hear stories about people who really aren't police officers pulling over, uh, you know, young women especially and, and uh, you know, taking advantage. And so we, we told them that there are some things they should do, like make sure they drive to a police station or drive to a public area if there's someone uh, has a flashing light behind them. Is there some other advice that you would give uh, to people to make sure, you know, that, that they really are being pulled over by, a, a, you know, a legitimate police officer? Well, like you stated, if there is a doubt of who may be uh, attempting to stop them, Call 911, and they'll be able to verify that's a legitimate law enforcement officer. Um, If you feel uncomfortable, you know, slow down. Of course, if you're speeding, uh, just obey the posted laws. Turn on your emergency flashers and um, contact uh, 911. Of course, we prefer you to stop, but if you feel uncomfortable, then you do what you think is safe for you, and we'll we'll get that straightened out once we uh, come to an agreement. All right. Uh, We've got some more calls. Let's go to Linda in Port Gibson. Uh, Linda, thank you so much for calling in legal terms. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I have a question to the uh, 
I um, need to know what are the laws for if if they're like funeral processions. Funeral. Um, okay. What if like some cars uh, may just go past a funeral procession? What is? I don't drive, so um, I'm legally blind, and um, I just need to know are there laws for. Uh, if you're passing, if somebody passes a funeral procession or uh, all right, uh, Officer Stewart, or is it illegal or just bad etiquette to pass a funeral procession? I would say bad etiquette. I mean, it's just something we do here in the South, but I mean, as far as legally, unless there's a, an officer escorting and controlling traffic, it's not against the law. Okay, okay, okay. Um, that's all I have. All right, thank you, Linda. All right, let's go to Richard in Natchez. Thanks for calling into in legal terms. Go ahead. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, how y'all doing this morning? We're great. Thank you for calling in. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, I've got a comment or a question uh, concerning seatbelt laws. And concerning uh, distracted drivers, whether it be a cell phone or an iPad, almost 50% of the vehicles in this state have windows that are tinted so dark you can't tell who is in the vehicle or what they're doing. And uh, to me, that would be a hazard to not only law enforcement officers, but to just regular citizens like me, I'm going to hang up and listen to your response. Thank you for calling in, Richard. What about uh, tinted windows? Uh, in the state of Mississippi, legal uh, percentage is 28%. That includes all your windows. Your front windshield is not to be tinted below the ASI line. That's a line on your windshield, which is uh, about six inches from the top of your window. And there are people that go out and get medical exemptions to tint even their front windshield. Well, that doesn't apply. It is against the law to tint your front windshield below the ASI line, medical exemption or not. And like you stated, as far as just the tint being extremely dark, the legal limit is 28% here in the state of Mississippi. I know I had a brand new, spanking new minivan and when Mississippi had the uh, inspections, mm-hmm. one place I went, you know, they checked the horn, they checked the, the lights and the, and the turn signal. But then I went to another place, and the first thing they checked was the tinting on the, the windshield, and they said, it's too much. And I, I didn't quite know what to do because that's the way the the dealership had had given it to me. But I suppose it's if it's my car, it's my responsibility. It is, and also with the tent, the twenty eight percent as far as like your vehicle, like a minivan or a pickup truck or a uh, SUV, a lot of manufacturers tint their windows as far as just the windows past the driver's window. Right. And legally, they can be pretty much as dark as they make them. Right. And we have no control over that, but that's legal in the state of Mississippi. As far as passenger cars, though, 28% all the way around. And like you stated, I don't know if you bought your vehicle new or used, but we get a lot of that with used vehicles where people say, well, this is how I bought it. Well, as the owner, operator, it is your responsibility to make sure your vehicle is within the legal statutes of the state of Mississippi. 
All right, drivers, drivers beware. If you have a question for Officer Stewart, you have just a few more minutes to give us a call. We're talking about the highway patrol and safety on our highways. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. Our next segment, we'll talk about seatbelts. We'll talk about the little kiddos on the school buses. How safe were Mississippians in December? We'll hear a statistic when we come back. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. on MPB Think Radio. Thank you for being a part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash In Legal Terms. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. You can also get it on as a podcast so that you can download it and listen to it at your convenience. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. According to a departmental release, there were 6,524 citations that were issued and 124 DUI arrests were made from the Friday, December 21st through December 25th, an enforcement effort at the department called Making It Home for the Holidays. Officer Stewart, put those numbers in perspective for us. Tell us about uh, holiday enforcement on the state highway patrols. Well, normally during the uh, holiday period, what we'll do is we'll have officers working certain highways, and we'll also have extra officers out working on their days off so we can get out here and make sure people are being safe on the roadways. The period which you're talking about was make it home for the holidays, which was something we had uh, done along with another couple agencies just to make sure everybody gets home for the holidays. I have a sister-in-law who is waiting on a liver transplant, and the hospital she's affiliated with said, well, usually the holidays were a big time for them because they get a lot of organ donors, a lot of organ donations during the holiday times. So I guess that's from fatalities. But we hope everyone will be safe. Let's go ahead and go to uh, Dudley. Thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms, Dudley. Go ahead. I have been concerned and listening to the show about are there are there laws or obligations that older people, senior citizens should know or how long can they drive, et cetera, et cetera. 
Oh, for am I making sense? Uh, yeah, for uh, how their reactions uh, when they become impaired or when they become unsafe for the rest of the citizens of Mississippi. Right. Are they regulations? Are they laws for senior citizens? But two, I had read somewhere that uh, some states are beginning to think about making older people take the driver's test again. I wondered about if there's a comment about that. Well, um, as far as making older people, if there's a like set age to where they would have a yearly or every biannually do a road test, not here in the state of Mississippi. What about and and vision? Once once you take your vision test, you don't have to retake that again. Not that I'm aware of. We don't do a vision test. You just come in and renew your license. Normally, what we run across is either you're going to have a crash or one of your relatives or a concerned friend is going to say, hey, you might need to see about getting this driver off the roadway. But that's going to require medical documentation and documentation within the Department of Public Safety in order to have your license taken from you. But as far as just taking your license because you're a certain age or somebody feels that you shouldn't be driving, no, not at this time. All right. Thanks for calling in, Dudley. Next, we're going to Stephen from uh, Fort White, uh, Buffalo. All right. Uh, Stephen, thanks for calling in, too, in legal terms. Go ahead. Good morning, people. Y'all are doing a white disservice to the United States. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Can you please advise me on the offense of inciting subversion of state powers? I have. That's going to be a question, Professor. <laughs> Officer, Professor Gerson. It's of inviting subversion of state powers. Give me, give me an example of what you're talking about, because I'm not. That's a new one to me. Um, inciting subversion of state powers. Um, in China, there was a man that said that he had no enemy. And um, I have no enemy as well. And um, I just, um, I don't want to happen to me what happened to that man in China. Um, I'm, a, I'm a person that influences um, authority, the three-tier authority. And right now, we're in a state of a two-tier authority where the people have been shut out. And uh, this is dangerous. And um, how do we restore the three-tier authority without inciting subversion of state powers? Well, I think uh, what you're really talking about is we don't live in a totalitarian state. And, you know, that's fortunate. We have a constitution that protects us. And that really uh, we have to make sure that we do have three branches of government that operate uh, fully. Uh, that includes uh, input from the people. So that's just something we all have to be diligent about and, and, and make sure we, we uh, pay attention to. We, we are not China. Uh, we're not Saudi Arabia. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we couldn't get there if we don't, uh, if we don't remain diligent and, and make sure that we uh, protect our rights. Stephen, that's a, an idea for another show. We appreciate you calling in with that. Let's go to Sue in Beaumont. Sue, thanks for calling in today. Go ahead. Hi, I'll be quick. Uh, I was just wondering, I know that about half the people out there driving don't have driver's license or insurance, so I think when the, when the courthouse says your sticker go on your tag every year, that people should have to show proof of insurance and a driver's license before they issue that 
Don't you think that's a good idea? <laughs> I think it's a great idea. And uh, there are people that uh, actually go buy vehicles and get insurance for the moment of buying the vehicle. Well, uh, Mississippi has a system in place now that when I make contact with you, I can run your tag, and when I run your tag, it'll immediately tell me if you have insurance or not, and we'll deal with that as far as you not having, having or not having. If you have it, of course, that's great and wonderful. If not, then we uh, you're going to be cited for not having insurance. As far as what you're stating, that's something that would have to be taken care of at a legislative level. All right. Sue, thanks for calling in. And last, we've got Robert from Mobile. Robert, thanks for calling in, too, in legal terms. Hello. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I uh, was wondering if the officer could give us any advice on uh, how to act and how to respond to a police officer to uh, protect our rights and, uh, and also respond to what he has a right to do as far as searching vehicles and what I and how to act so that we don't get harmed in any way. Fantastic, Robert. That was a question I had wanted to ask, and we'll close out the show with that. We, we want all of our drivers and all of our officers to be safe. What would be the optimal way for everyone to perform at a stop? Well, uh, once an officer makes contact with you, uh, I, of course, I do a lot of traffic stops. Once I make contact with you, I'm going to ask you for your identification. Once I get your identification, identification, I'll advise you of the reason why I stopped you, and we'll just go from there. As far as having a debate or going back on the forth, back and forth on the side of the road, that's probably not going to happen. The best thing that you can do is allow the officer to do his job, be respectful as long as he's respectful with you, and if you have any questions, you know, everything that you need to know is going to be on the bottom of that citation, and you can set a court date, and we can come to court, and both sides will have their opportunity to present their case then. Well, let's back up just a little bit. Should you roll your window down? Should you have your hands on the steering wheel uh, for the driver? What's the best thing a uh, uh, a driver could do well like you just stated you know uh just be still till i get there once i get there i can see your hands and make sure you're not making any furtive movements or anything and i'll instruct you as to what i need on that traffic stop and then we go from there fantastic thank you to our guest mississippi highway patrol officer Kervin stewart that's going to wrap up our show today in legal terms and we hope you'll listen to relatively speaking which is next on mpb think radio This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.